Blog Talk Radio.
Amen, amen, amen. And there's no stopping us now, family. That is the truth. Well, how's everybody doing tonight? Hopefully everybody is blessed and um, ready to enjoy another episode of Blog Talk Radio uh, on the station, Five Smooth Stones, with this show, the Douglas Kennedy Family and Friends Network, Five Smooth Stones the station, and the program for this particular time of the week is the Douglas Kennedy Family and Friends Network. How's everybody doing? Hopefully everybody's blessed. Bless, bless. I mean that. I really care about how you're doing. That's why I ask multiple times here. Well, family, I just want to um, thank you uh, for being early. Those of you that are already in the house, already in the house, I see our normal uh, two early birds, uh, the one and only Bubba Jack, always from California, and our private caller, whoever they are, wherever they are. Thank you for tuning in. Thank y'all, thank y'all, thank y'all. But they're not the only ones that's here early. There are other numbers. Uh, that 760-619 number that's always right behind them is behind them, but that nevertheless on time. And we have other area codes that I won't call out at this time. We always get quite a few people uh, that's uh, early, and I appreciate that. But those, these are numbers I see that's always weekly. They are always, always on time. A lot of you do t- tune in, and I thank you for that. So tonight, tonight, tonight is August 16, 2016, okay? And I'm going to do something I said I would always do, and that is read the description of the show so everybody will know what's coming your way. Because many of you don't have Facebook. You don't have the Ed Nisbell page, which you should be a member. But if you don't have a computer, how do you know anything about that? So let me just read what's happening tonight. Many of you just call the 914 number. And you don't have a clue what's going on. You just want to be a part of the family. That's all well and good. All right? But early I typed this on the page. Hello and peace, family. A people who reverence and obey the Most High, we pray and declare. We are excited to spotlight more Douglas Kennedy bloodline. This Tuesday, August the 16th, 2016, we will spotlight Juan Booker, who is son of Caleb Jr. May he rest in peace. Who is Caleb and Azalee Booker's son? This show will have some audio of the late Caleb Booker. And hopefully you all get to hear that tonight. And music from the guests. You can't miss this show, family. Also... Also, that is, after the interview, we will have open forum after the interview, okay? And then Tasha's coming your way, along with some new stuff. And um, that's what I typed earlier. And again, welcome to the show. Again, Juan Booker is going to be the spotlighted family member tonight. And Juan, again, again, is the son of the late Caleb Booker, who is Caleb Booker. Well, Caleb Booker is Azalee's son. She had two sons, Dwight, who had no children, and Caleb Booker. You often hear us call him Uncle Bud, Uncle Bud. So when you hear people on the Azalee side say Uncle Bud, Uncle Bud, they're talking about 
the one and only Caleb Booker Jr. All right? Again, folks, I just want to thank everyone for being on time. I can't say it enough. We really appreciate you just just dropping what you're doing and running to the phone lines and calling the 914 number. Or some of you clicked on the link. You didn't call a number. You clicked on the link. Just remember, uh, at 10 o'clock, at 10 o'clock, you got to call the phone number you will be disconnected but it's nice to be able to click on that link and listen to this show uh after the show goes off or during the show live uh it's one thing about that link you can listen to it live or even after the show goes off so uh use that link in your email and and those of you that got a text to you you can always listen to the show after the fact but remember if you listen to it live you have to have to have to um go and um call the number before 10. Well, tonight I'm looking forward to talking to Juan. Uh, must be honest, I don't want to perpetrate like Juan and I is so close. I don't know Juan that well. I have met him and uh, seem to be a nice young man, have a bit, very beautiful family. And I'm looking forward, to, uh, just as you family, to hear from the one and only Juan Booker. And um, so that's what's happening later on tonight. Um, and uh, again, don't forget uh, our open forum. And open forum is really going to be open tonight because we have not rehearsed anything. We don't know what in the world we're going to be talking about after the fact. And sometimes I like it like that because it just makes it exciting, family. Sometimes it's more exciting to not know what we're going to talk about. Okay, but I want to just uh, remind everybody, well, let everybody know, rather, that Darlene Douglas, our cousin, all the way in Austin, Texas, may be a little late tonight, and uh, that's because her brother, Kirk, uh, is in the hospital. So, uh, family, please be prayerful about Kirk and his situation. I don't know what's going on, but the father knows that whatever Kirk is going through, uh, he it is no match for the power of God. So let's just agree agree right now in prayer that God will touch his body from the top of his head to the sole of his feet, give him strength. And uh, the Bible says, any more agree, touching any one thing, it shall be done. If you can just believe that with me, we can have what we, what we say. We can have what we say. Uh, as a matter of fact, let me just do this. Let me bring uh, Donald Shaw, because he's going to be joining us, co-hosting with us tonight. I think he's on the line. Eric Code 817 Don, are you there? Yes, I'm here. How are you doing? How you doing, my brother? My cousin? Well... I'm blessed. Highly favored and doing well. Well, I love it like that. I love it like that. Well, I was just uh, agreeing with the family, asking them to agree with me in prayer that God would touch Kirk, which is Darlene's brother's uh, health. And since um, you know the power of prayer, I mean, let's just go ahead and the both of us just agree for his his, uh, his uh, healing. I mean, you know, uh, uh, God is a healer. He is a healer, folks. If we just believe, we have to believe. We have to trust him when it can't just be praying here. But, Don, uh, kind of putting you on the spot here, but if you don't mind, uh, uh, you, do you agree with me in prayer that God will touch Kirk's body? Yes, I do. I think we just take time out now for a moment and have a word of prayer. And everyone that's listening, we pray with us. Maybe we can uh, uh, get some speedy results. Yes, sir. So let's just go ahead and just say a quick prayer for Kirk or Darlene's brother again. If you just tune in, Darlene, a 
calls, had to go to the hospital, Kirkson Hospital, she asked everybody to pray. So we're just going to do just that. Very simple, folks, just very simple. Remember the scripture says we pray in faith, believe, and we have whatsoever we say. And it says it is, because if two more gather in his name, he's in the midst. And so let's just pray right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come unto you, Father, asking you, uh, uh, stepping out on your word as you promised that if we come in to you in prayer, in faith, uh, and if we decree a thing, it shall be done if we believe. We just ask you to touch Kurt's body right now from the top of his head to the sole of his feet. We don't know what's going on with his body, but you do. Touch his body, Father. Heal him. Give him strength. We rebuke this sickness in the name of Jesus. We rebuke it, whatever it is. We take authority over it and command, Father, your healing power go through his body. We command it. We command it in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right, folks, and it's just that simple if we can just believe. That's that's the key. We have to believe and trust God is something we have to do. Otherwise, we just whisper in words. Okay, so I look for a praise report uh, sooner or later on that. Um, But in the meantime, Mr. Shaw, how are you doing? How are you doing? And how are you doing, sir, this lovely Tuesday evening? What's going on with you? Say hello to the family. Hello, family. I'd like to say that I'm doing well, family locally and abroad, and I'm just doing what everyday people do, trying to maintain, keep the family together, do the will of God, and I try to be concerned about the needy and those that have things that they can't work out. Sometimes we as believers in extending the family have to reach out and touch others when sometimes it's not comfortable. But we do it anyway because in agreement, we believe that God is going to make a way for the needs of others. Sometimes we don't see it. Sometimes we don't see the results. But by faith, we claim it done, and we count it done because God has given us that kind of power and that kind of authority. Amen, amen, amen. And I I don't know if we'll be able to do this done at the open forum, but I really want to talk more about God's power, you know, I was just thinking the other day how many how much how many how many thousands of dollars we can save on medical bills and and if we just simply just do what we did just just now earlier, just pray, and I know a lot of times we pray we don't get what we ask for we I understand that, but there are so many millions and millions of people that have prayed. And I mean was specific with their prayer, ask for a specific amount of money. They were specific in prayers because sometimes people can kind of blow this whole prayer thing. And I'll put a little music in the background. I'll be startled by it. But uh, a lot of times pe- people can just kind of blow it off as, uh, you know, how do you know that was God? You know, how do you know? The good things going to happen to you sooner or later, so that don't mean that was God. I mean, what about when bad things happen, you know? So that's why I like the specific prayers. You know, that's why I like the specific prayers. So, what am I saying? I look for the day. <laughs> I look for the day uh, that uh, we can uh, put that music on there. But I look for the day uh, that that believers can get back to the old-fashioned way, because you know. A lot of stuff is happening in these hospitals, to be very honest with you. And we cannot trust doctors no more than we can trust policemen, to be honest with you. I hate to say that. A lot of you don't like hearing that, but it's the truth. And we better learn, family. It's another reason we need this uh, blog. 
We better learn how to trust the Father. We better learn how to look to Him and, and trust Him in everything we do because we're living in perilous times, folks. And people that are serving us, be it over our bodies, our doctors, be it our security policemen, folks have agendas, folks. They have agendas. And they're not doing the right thing by us. They're not. They're not. So, I hate to say that, but uh, we really need to start trusting the Father for every single thing. Okay? Well, Donald, I want to ask you a question. Do you know why? Oh, yeah, I know one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, yeah. And so I uh, don't know that much about him, to be honest with you, like I was telling the family. But uh, I'm looking forward to uh, meeting him more, learn more about him. And um, uh, and we're going to hear from the uh, one and only Caleb Booker tonight, Uncle Bud, your Uncle Bud, Don, you and I, I should say Uncle, Uncle Bud. Um, we're going to hear from him tonight. Can you believe that? I got some old clips. Remember the old show we used to have? Yes, sir. Well, that old show, and that's why, family, we're doing this blog right now because we don't know who's going to be leaving us. We don't know. And what I did is I had another show like this one in the past, and uh, we interviewed a lot of people that are, that are no longer with us. And those shows are priceless now priceless now because we didn't know that they would be leaving us so I'll tell you what we can do right now I think what we should probably should do is hear from the one and only um, Caleb Jr. I think it'd be a good idea to kind of just kind of wet, uh, wet the surface a little bit with bringing him on even before Juan comes on uh, again Caleb Booker is the son of Azalee, okay? Uh, and before I play him, Don, what do you remember about uh, Uncle Bud? Just anything. What, what make? What do you think of when you think of Uncle Bud? Well, for those who don't know, Uncle Bud was a very unique character in his own right. Yes, he, he was. was an he definitely was an adventurer. He had a lot of big ideals, and he said what he meant, and he meant what he said, and he wasn't afraid to take chances. As long as his health held up, he would still be taking chances, but he always wanted to be an entrepreneur, but the best thing I know about Bud was he was, from the time he lived in California, he was a well-known, well-respected taxi cab driver, and some people may look at that as a modest way of making a living. But I think it's a good way of making a living, especially when people like you and they support your endeavors. And he was well loved by his brothers, by his sisters, and his nieces and his nephews. So I can only say that if you want to have a good laugh and be human or want some knowledge, all you had to do was talk to Bud because he would have you rolling as well as educating you about the way of life if you were young. Yeah. And a lot of people was concerned about his spirituality. I'm just going to go there because they were. Because Uncle Bud listened to a guy named Ray Nagin. And Ray Nagin has got a lot of Christians listening to him or ex-Christians. And a lot of people have left the faith because Ray Nagin go there. I mean, he started questioning everything about that Bible. 
And if you studied the Bible thinning at the time, you're not right about Ray Nagin. But if you haven't, I'm warning you, do not listen to Ray Nagin. <laughs> because this guy has got a lot of things twisted. But I'll share this one thing about Uncle Bud. Uh, I loved about him. He came strong. You must know your Bible to talk to that man. We was talking about uh, the Garden of Eden, and he, you know, when the Bible says, when, they, when the snake said to the woman, God has lied to you. you. He don't want you to eat that fruit because he know you will become like God and you'll know all things. And then Uncle Bud say, that snake told the truth. I say, Uncle Bud, the snake said, and this is just talking about, again, Caleb Jr., uh, his son is coming on the show tonight. We're going to hear a little bit from Uncle Bud in a little bit. But I just want to just, just talk about how serious Uncle Bud was with the scriptures and knowledge of God. Just watch this. A lot of people believe that he, he wasn't an atheist. He believed in God. He just had trouble with certain spots in the scripture. But let me show you something really quickly how the enemy can trick a lot of us. And he, he, he kind of admitted it after I showed this to him. He said, uh, that snake didn't lie. They didn't die. The Bible says the day you eat thereof, Adam and Eve, you, you eat of this forbidden fruit, this tree, placed in the middle of the garden, you shall surely die. Watch this, family. He said, well, they ate of the fruit. Seth, did they die? I said, no. He said, see, that God lied. I said, well, Uncle Bud, now, wait a minute now. They didn't die that many, but they started to die immediately. Everything. They no longer live forever. The animals changed. Nature changed. The ground became wild. Everything experienced death at that moment. And so he kind of looked at me and I said, he said, well, the Bible said, the day you eat the earth, thou shalt surely die. Well, for Adam, that was a death instantly because he had never experienced a lot of the things that came after he uh, uh, Eve, or ate of the fruit. And he said, what about the snake? I said, the, he said, the snake said, God did not God lied. He says he just don't want you to know all uh, good and evil. He said, "Now this is what Uncle Bud told me, family. <laughs> Uncle Bud say when Adam and Eve ate of the fruit, didn't they know everything? Didn't even God say the men has been are like us? Now they knoweth all things." He said, "Well, that's what the snake just said." I say, "Right." And the snake was right about that portion of it, but he was lying when he talked about. They were not. They didn't die, and so he was able to see that. But if you were just the average Joe Blow Christian that don't know your Bible, and then really wade through that, because the enemy always have a little bit of truth. Don, uh, enemy always have some truth. Yes, it was true. They became like the father, and they knew it. They begin to know between good and evil, and the father didn't want that. Did y'all know that family? The father did. I want us to know the difference between good and evil. He wanted to give us the best life possible. Our, we chose to know good and evil by, uh, uh, by Adam, by allowing the woman to bite of the fruit. So remember that when you're going to get troubles on this earth and you wonder why did God allow this, why God allow that. Well, he didn't necessarily want that for us. Somebody said, why do you even put it there? Well, he, if we didn't have a choice, we wouldn't be men. We'd be angels. So he said, I place before you good and evil. Choose good. Even tells us which one to choose. 
So all I'm saying is that was the conversation I had with Bud. That's how I remember him. And there was other conversations like that I can't go into now. But we got pretty deep, pretty deep. Uncle Bud and I got into stuff that actually was scare most Christians. But it was because the Father blessed me to to be able to know some things. I don't know everything, and then some things I didn't have an answer for. How about that? But uh, it was a very good time. And let me just uh, play this little clip, and um, y'all can actually hear him for yourself. Again, tonight we're going to be interviewing his uh, son. Okay, Juan, right? Don, we got Juan Booker coming up. So uh, this is a little bit of Uncle Bud. Okay, so we'll be right back after this little clip. And uh, (laughs) again, he will make you think. He will make you think. So be right back, folks. This is your Uncle Bud coming up. Okay. Let me, let me ask you this. A couple more questions, then we'll wrap this up. You Democratic, Republic, uh, Republican, Independent? How you feel politically? What's your political stand on Obama? And just, just give me a quick nut, nutshell of where you stand on everyday events with politics. Well, I'm, 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 I'm a Democrat. You know, I'm like, <laughs> I've always, I've been a Democrat since I can remember Dwight Eisenhower. Why? <laughs> hmm. Because Why? Because it appears to me that Democrats is for helping the poor, you know, poor people, and the, you know, less fortunate people of society. Okay. Republicans seem to be more interested in the wealth and the rich. You know, to me, uh, I can see that ten percent of the real population of the or the money, the economy of the world belong to 10% of the people, you know. That's true. That's true. So Actually, some, yeah, it's true, and, and that's what this whole Occupy Wall Street is all about. They're upset because 1% of America owns mm-hmm. most of the wealth. I think 1%. I know 10% own 80% of the wealth. I know that, and I think 1% right. own like 60. It's It's pretty pathetic. <laughs> And the cool so, part about that, and the cool part about it, is seventy percent of the of the wealth was inherited. You see, <laughs> let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, go ahead. Because when they were trying to settle the West, the free population could come out west and claim as much land as the eye could see. The government gave it to them, right? But a slave couldn't do that, right? So all these people that came out with and got all this land had something to leave their ancestors, and they've been doing it ever since. You see, they've been building cities on their lands, uh, big apartment complexes on their lands. So their descendants have been benefiting from the settling of the West, the free land that was given to the West. But uh, the slaves weren't allowed to do that. So the only thing they had to give to pass on 
was 40 acres and a hungry mule. You know, so we've been dealing with that, and we do have a we have we have something to be proud of. We have something to be proud of because no no other people in the history of the world have moved up from nothing to as many millionaires as we got in our race. Okay. Let and, me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you this. Um, Name a few hobbies you do. What I mean, that really, really, really you like. If I say name the top things you'd enjoy doing, just give me top five things. You just really, I mean, if you became a wealthy man tomorrow, you'll still do these things. What is it? Well, a lot of things I would do, I wouldn't have to be a wealthy man. I uh, hear you on that. Like I, uh, I used to take flying lessons, you know, and. Uh, that was really cheap, you know. I could I could take the money that I was spending on a Friday night getting drunk to pay for a flying lesson Saturday, you know. That's how cheap it was. And even today, compared to other other hobbies and stuff, flying lessons is very inexpensive. Where did you fly? Huh? I, I, I flew the single engine Cessna. You know, that's single engine. And, uh, okay. How so long did you take flying lessons? About actually, I took about five weekends. Yeah, about five weekends. And uh, I belong to this flying club. See, the thing about this flying club is, the first time you sit in the plane, airplane, right? You take off. You do the. You're the one that's taking the plane off. You're the one that's flying the plane. Well, the instructor's sitting on side of you. Well, he tell you what to do, but you start the first day in the plane. You're flying, and every time you go, you uh, you fly first. You get the flying thing down. Get some in flying hours in before you go to ground school. See, a lot of schools you go to ground lessons first, then start taking a flying lesson. But this club was just the opposite, where you actually flew the flying, and then after so many hours you go to grad school. But I like flying. And uh, I, when I have the time, if I have to play a game, I prefer chess. And uh, I like painting. I like art. So those are three main things. Okay, so flying, painting, yes. And you chess play and chess. Hmm? As you like, you do those. Yeah, Would those you, Okay, that's interesting. I know you like paint. I know you was a painter. Oh, yeah. I was painting. We designed, you know, our capacity band uniform. You know, me and Arthur Warren that works over here at the shallow parking lot. We designed those uniforms. You know. And, oh, really? Uh, How did... How did y'all get that? How did y'all end up designing Kirkpatrick? And how did you get Kirkpatrick accepted? Oh, because it's the members of our class, right? Because we were the one going into junior high the next year. We had the opportunity to do everything we wanted high school to have. Uh, the school colors, I chose the school colors, which is purple and white. 
you know. As a matter of fact, I chose the mascot, which was the panther. But I understand they changed that to Wildcats, but not while I was there. Because I am terrible, I got the panthers now. But uh... okay, uh, that was the one and only Caleb Jr which is Azalee's son. And tonight, you're going to be hearing from Juan Booker. Uh, Donald Jr., what do you think of that? I would have never known that he had something to do with the uh, choosing the code for Trey Perfect. <laughs> I never yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was a very, very interesting interview, and it lasted for about an hour. So those of you that did not hear the old uh, show uh, where we interviewed several people that no longer is with us. Uh, you might want to check it out. Just holler at me on Facebook and I can give you a link to that. I can send a link to any, any single one of you. So tonight, we're going to have on his son Juan Booker and I'm looking forward to it like I was saying that those of you that just now tuning in, Darlene Douglas is not going to be with us or she may be late. I don't know. She said she might be, but Admitted to the hospital. So, fam, just quickly, if you can, just whisper a word of prayer, be in agreement with us that the Father will touch his body. Whatever's going through his body is no match for the power of God. And that is so true, family. Not trying to be super spiritual, enough, but it really isn't. Anything we go through is no match for the power of God. We just have to believe him. That's all there is to it. So, again, you listen to the Douglas Kennedy Family and Friends Network. I'm Seth. My mother is Irene, and her mother was Azalee. And Don, go ahead. I'll let you let everybody know how you related to Edna Isabel. Go right ahead. Well, my mother's name Robbie Booker. That's her maiden name. But now her married name is Slaughter. I am Azalee Williams, who is also a Booker and Douglas. Originally, I'm her grandson. Yes, yes, yes. And Seth is my cousin, and his mother is my auntie, which would be naturally so. Yes, yes, yes. No matter where we come from. Amen. He's right. Well, folks, listen, what I want to go ahead and do is bring on the one and only Mr. Juan Booker. He's on the line. Eric Code 214926. Mr. Booker, are you there? Yes, sir. I'm here. Well, how are you doing tonight? Hello? How I'm are you doing fine. tonight? How you been doing? I'm doing fine. Well, we're doing, we're doing great. We're doing even better now that you came in loud and clear, and we got the phone lines clear. I love it when these phones work out. So, Juan, go ahead and say hello to the family. You are tuned in to the Douglas Candy Family Friends Network with 13 states. I'm not saying that many states listen to you tonight, but they could. They could uh, over the next week listen to you from 13 states. Say hello to everybody. Hello, everybody. How y'all doing? It's good to be here. And uh, it's my first time being on the on the radio and uh, talking to Seth, my cousin. And um, I'm happy to be here. 
Well, we're happy to have you, my friend. We're happy to have you. And seeing that you are a only child, you know the demand for you is very high. You know, it's just very high. You're one of those persons. You're very important in the family. Not just because you're a single child, but it's just that, you know, if there was no one, we have no history. We have no siblings. We have no children, I meant to say, of Caleb Jr. Uh, so that's the one thing, like with Dwight, uh, Azalee's son, uh, he don't have any children. So unless we keep talking about Dwight, 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 family won't know who he is among the 13 right. states. So, Juan, uh, just sit back, grab a cup of coffee, and just kind of uh, just talk to us. And uh, I want to go ahead and start off with the – Don, you want to ask the first question? I'm trying to mix this up. You want to ask the first question, or uh, I can if you uh, want to think about it. It's up to you. Uh, I'll let you go first, and give me time to think. All right. Well, Juan, I wanted you to go ahead and just, uh, since everybody know how you related, I kind of killed that. I'll go ahead to the next question and ask you, do you have any children? If so, who are they? And tell us a little bit about your children. And you, oh, 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 protocol, protocol. First, talk to us about your wife, and then we'll talk about your children, if you don't mind, sir. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. Um, my wife's name is uh, Pamela Yergin Booker. Uh, she's... Um, we uh we we've been uh we dated for about a few years before we got married. We've been married for uh about ten years now. And um um she's uh, she is a uh a farm manager at the uh, urban um uh urban village apartments, uh the, those are new the, those new um uh townhomes that's built off of Lancaster Road and Oak Cliff. Okay. And she became house successful over there, yeah. Um, and uh, she's also thinking about—I don't know if I should say it—but she's also thinking about running for um, for a county commissioner uh, in Lancaster. So, so she's been oh, really? quite busy. Yeah, so she's been quite quite busy uh, with that. But uh, me and her—we've been married for over ten years, about ten years now, and um, we got two children together. Um, my uh, son. Uh, Warren Booker Jr. He's in the seventh grade, uh, went to a junior high school in uh, Lancaster, and I also have a stepdaughter. Her name is uh, Lakeisha Hayes. She's uh, uh, a she'll be she'll be a junior at Prairie View A and M, and so that um, uh, has been very good to us. So we we, we hanging on in there. So. My kids, they are they they're positive kids. We raised them well, and they're obedient, and you know, very constructive and doing what they want to do in life. And my son, he also plays. I forgot. Uh, my son also plays in the band, and he also plays basketball. Wow, well, you got a handful. So you got you run oh, yeah. back and forth to to to. to <laughs> yeah. yeah, whenever you got athletes in the family, it. it uh,
uh, again, who is Ezley's son, son, <laughs> uh, press one at any time. It's not a problem. I got the phone lines. I'm looking at it, and I'll bring you on, okay? Don't be shy tonight, folks. Let's talk to one. Um, Don, anything before I uh, go to my little list of questions? I'm sure you got your list of questions there. But anything for uh, Juan? Don? Hold on. Have to be careful hey, sometimes. Hey, hey, uh, hey. Go ahead. Try it again. Try it again, Don. Hopefully that won't happen again. Yeah, I was just saying, uh, Warren, we was just looking at your picture there online and stuff, and, you know, you come as a pretty, pretty humble guy. I mean, I've, I've, I've talked to you on several occasions because uh, you, mm-hmm. if you, uh, you saw me, you'd know exactly who I am because I'm uh, Robbie. Son, and that's okay, uh, your yeah. sister. And uh, you know, it's just a blessing to know that you have come and done so many nice things. But I like the fact that uh, this brother was saying how how great you are with the music thing, and he compared you to uh, John T. Key. So just you know, I've heard you play myself. So I just want you to know how how long you've been handling the music thing. That's something that I really like. Um, I have been doing it um, ever since um, my uncle on my mother's side of the family started the church. And uh, he uh, specifically wanted all his nephews to play an instrument, and he wanted all his nieces to sing. And I started out playing um, the organ, and I was, I, I was real serious on it for a bit. And uh, I had a cousin that plays the... Um, the bass guitar, and I had another cousin play the guitar, and my brother he played the drums. Well, anyway, I was so I was kind of more influenced with the rhythm section of the of music, and so after my cousin started uh, stopped playing the bass guitar, and he started playing sports, I got on the bass guitar and I started playing, and uh, I've been playing for a long, long, long time. I can't even remember how many years, but it's been a long time since I've been playing, and then. Um, uh, then my pastor, he had bought a, uh, he had hired a musician, and the musician had talked him into buying a keyboard, and he so he went and bought the keyboard and the stand and the microphone stand and, and the amplifier. He bought everything that had something to do with the keyboard, and uh, the and they paid him he paid him some money in advance because he had hired him to start playing for his church. Well. <clears throat> he uh, he skipped town on him, and he, he didn't come back. Yeah, and so what happened was uh, he asked me. He said, "He said, look, I, I'm not gonna buy this machine for nothing. So I need somebody to play this machine. Can you play it?" I said, "No, I don't know how to play it, but I can try." And so, <laughs> man, I've been playing that thing ever since. I've been playing keyboard ever since. Wow. And so, yeah, and that's just how it got started, just like that. I was. I was around about mm, about nineteen, twenty years old at that time, and I had been That's playing true. ever since. I had wow. an opportunity to play for different. I had an opportunity to play for different folks, and uh, on the bass, guitar, and keyboard, um, I played for. Um, I did something with uh, BB and CC Winans. I did something um, with the McCamber Brothers. I did something with. Uh, um, 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 James Cleveland, um, 
pretty I got pretty deep in that situation. And then as I got older, you know, I I, I was going through a divorce with my first wife, and um, and um, and I kind of laid low for a little bit, and um, got back into the dating scene and met my wife and and um, and everything like that. So I've been kind of real heavy into my family situation, but I hadn't strayed too far away from my music. I still I've managed to do a CD. And got a copyright and everything. I did a CD for a, uh, a banquet that we had at our church, and I named the CD after the banquet, that, uh, the theme for the banquet. And so it was called um, uh, Christmas in, in Paris. And so um, I just did some jazz, some jazz compositions and stuff like that. No, no singing, no none of that. It's just all music. All music is all played by me. And so um, I did this for a while. And actually, family, not to cut you off, Warren, but I asked mm-hmm. them for if I could play just a little bit of that jazzy, uh, and so uh, the jazzy uh, rendition. So he's going to allow me to do that, and I'll play that in a little bit. Uh, so just know it's coming your way. Go ahead, Ron Warren. Okay. So anyway, um, uh, that was about almost nine years ago I did that, that, uh, that, that, uh, that rendition. And um, and I had played with uh, a group called VIP, which was a it was a church founded group, and it was founded by my ex wife at the time, and uh, we decided to do a, a, a reunion thing about four years ago, and uh, it was highly successful. Um, the only thing about it, we didn't get a chance to record none of the music and stuff because there was some uh, power uh, problems there that they wouldn't like. That would not allow us to do any recording, but everything else went well and uh, played for a little bit. Uh, two of the members of, of the group is my sister was my sisters, and um, uh, Sean and, and Sheba. And so um, we did real good and everything. It was a successful. We had fun doing it. We took a lot of pictures, did a lot of interviewing, and all kinds of stuff. And and it was fun, and uh, then when it, when we did the the show on uh, 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 I think it was December the nineteenth, I think we uh, we did the program. Everybody liked it and everything, and we started getting uh, invitations to play at other places, sing at other places. But of course, um, everybody decided to go their separate ways and everything like that. So it never came, you know, to its to its form. But we did have fun while we while we was at it, and uh, we you know we get God all the glory in that. And um, but everybody has you know they have families and you know taking care of their families and stuff, so they really couldn't make it no full time effort, which that was totally understandable. So right. I am by myself again, you know. Well, you know, uh, 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 Michael Jordan said it best when he said, "I am not the greatest basketball player." And everybody looked at him like, what? And he said, the greatest basketball players is unsung, unheard of. Maybe they didn't get their break, or maybe this, maybe that, maybe that, and, and, and we don't know who they are. I could never take the title of the greatest. And I said to say, oftentimes, some of the best talent musician-wise is not that heard of, or they haven't had that big break yet. And so just keep doing what you're doing, man. And you know what, Juan and Don, and rhymes Juan and Don, but listen, you know what, sometimes it's not about being the biggest or being heard, everybody knowing. I don't know why Americans always is looking for that. 
and the sign of success. You know, I think success is, is changing lives, changing lives. If you change enough lives, the wealth will come or the notoriety will come. But I think it's sometimes how many lives are you affecting with your music? How many people feel the power of God? You know, though, just thinking of how David, you know, when he played the harp, the Bible says, if you believe in the Bible family, and I know you do, the Bible says that evil spirits troubling Saul left. They could not stand the presence of David playing the harp. They left. Right. Evil spirits That's started right. because right. of a musician. That's how powerful a musician is. So keep doing what you're doing, cousin. Keep doing well, what you're doing. Well, you know, it's, it's strange that you said that because the name of the uh, the rendition that I did is called David's Dance. Huh. Just to let you know that, yeah. And that was because, wow. of, that, was because of that scripture. And, uh, uh, um, you know, it, it's, I don't know, I, I had, I was reading the Bible, you know, and I was reading different parts of the Bible and, and reading about David and uh, and something just came on the inside of me. You know, I just decided to do something. Uh, in that in that in that form of lesson, so I just recorded some songs and practicing over it and, and recorded it again until I finally put it just right, and I came out with this rendition simply called David Stance. That's what I did. So it's amazing, it's strange that you brought that up like that because that's what I that's the song that I gave you. Amen. I mean, I'm telling you, musicians are powerful. I tell you, uh, mm-hmm. uh, the greatest musician of all time. You know who he is, Don? This is a theologian question here, folks. Some family might like, notice, though. Who's the greatest musician of all time, Juan? You know? The greatest musician of all time. Yes, sir. Man. <laughs> Watch out, it's a curveball. I'm letting you know that right now. Yeah, yeah, you did. <laughs> uh, Don, you give up? I mean, y'all give? Y'all give? I, I give. Who is it? Don, you give? I give up. The greatest musician family of all times was a bad boy named Lucifer. Mm. Yes, sir. That's right. That's right. Yes, sir. Yeah, absolutely right. The Bible says yeah, he was walking right. music. I know Prince yeah. Michael Jackson combined could not touch the talent of Lucifer. This is when he was a good angel. This is when right. he was a good angel. He tore the heavens right. up. The Father had him before him at all times. That's how bad he was. You know, the Father had you before him at all times. You cold-blooded. Right. But then right. there was found wickedness in him. And those, he was kicked out because that wickedness grew and grew, and he poisoned other angels. And that's why we have evil spirits to this day on this planet. There are nothing more than fallen angels and Lucifer here himself. Well, go ahead, Juan. Uh, Don, do you have any questions uh, uh, before I got before I give the questions I got? Oh uh, yeah, I wanted to ask Juan. Uh, having been uh, in church all his life, do you have uh, any aspirations for any other forms of ministry? Um, I um the only thing that uh, I could possibly say is that you know you have to put God first in your life and everything you uh-huh. do. You 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 can't operate, you know, in this realm without, you know, without acknowledging Him. I I've never I have never proclaimed myself as being a top notch position. Although people in my church call me you know maestro, and, and that's nice. That's all nice. To me. That's that's nice. But I, I've never I've never uh, 
consider that title uh, wholeheartedly because I'm still learning myself. And and one of the things that I'm learning is about being true to yourself, being true to God, let him manifest in you and uh, and let him direct your path. And I'm, and uh, and I think that's probably one of the reasons why you know I have, like I said before in the past I have played with a lot of people and I've seen some things that just wasn't godly. Although you know it's just like that story about the wolf in sheep clothing. You know they 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 look they look magnificent, but they're really not. They say they are uh, they're a child of God, but they're really not. But you have to have an open mind to which one is which. Which one is good for you? Which one is bad for you? You just have to have an open mind and and, and an open spirit to know and, uh, that uh, you, you know you allow God to uh, direct your path and what decisions you make in life. So if I wanted to, you know, tell someone about what what could they do, uh, I would always tell them, man, pray, put God first in your life. Don't 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 leave them absent. Um, things can be kind of tough and you don't understand everything. Sometimes God reveals things to you just in a short prayer or a short rest, and let Him and let Him come to your heart. Let Him, let Him, let Him direct your path. I guarantee this same thing happened to me. Uh, I had a lot of choices to make. I could have went and played for um, different types of groups that's out there in the world, where they do a lot of drinking, a lot of smoking, a lot of getting high, chasing women. I don't want that. That that's temporary. I don't want that. I don't need that. What I need is Christ in my life. Sure. You know, like, my, like my grandmother said, save my save my soul from sin and shame. <laughs> so, Amen. yeah, that's what I would say. That's what I would say. Well, let me ask you this, Juan. Mm-hmm. Uh, who is Juan in about three or four minutes? Who is Juan? If you had to put yourself, if you had to just describe yourself in about Four or five minutes. Who is Juan in short? Uh, Juan is a Juan is a very energetic person, fun-loving, can be funny at times, very humorous. Um, he he'll go out his way to to help you when you need help. Uh, he's just a kind-hearted he's a kind-hearted fellow. Um, uh, he doesn't take much in return. Um, and everything he does, he gives he gives he gives uh, glory to God on that, and he he uh, he he really appreciates his life and uh, his family, uh, the strength that he has, the uh, uh, the tenacity of making things work for the good, and uh, he's just all around good fellow. That's what I can say about him. Good guy. Wow, wow. Well, folks, you listen to the Douglas. Candidate Family and Friends Network, and we're listening to Juan Booker. Who is Juan Booker? He is the son of Caleb Jr. Who is Caleb Jr.? Caleb Jr. is Azalee's son. Who is Azalee? Azalee is Ed and Isabel's daughter. Okay? This is the Ed Douglas. Isabel Kennedy. This is their descendants having a show tonight. We've been doing this now for almost, uh, we're approaching, getting close to the 50th show. 
and uh, just a fireside chat, really. We are family. Uh, for those of you, I see people uh, tuning in, so just kind of going over some basics here. Because some of y'all don't know this stuff. Uh, we are in Kansas, Florida, Texas, California, Arkansas, Missouri, Alabama, Georgia, Michigan, Oklahoma, and yes, even Alaska. Juan, I'd like for you to hit that a little harder. Who are you? I know that was pretty good, but I want you to elaborate a little bit more if possible. If not, I can go on to the next one. I'm sure Don has questions as well. Um, you hit it a little harder, Juan. More of who you are. We want to know more about oh, you. Boy. Okay, well, um, I, uh, I uh, also... I am an um, employee of the Dallas Independent School District. I have been an employee here for 28 years. Um, okay. I started in July the 25th, uh, uh, 19, um, uh, what is it, 1988, and, uh, uh, you know, contemplating retire- retirement, but no time soon, but contemplated, though. Um, I, um, um, I've been, uh, in this, uh, I've been in my, uh, the church that I go to is City Valley Christian Center, uh, okay. 630, 639 West Green Road in Lancaster, Texas. My pastor is, uh, Reverend Glenn T. Young, and, um, I've been, uh, I've been in his ministry for over 37 years, and, wow. uh, been the only, been the only musician there, faithful and true. Uh, wow, that is faithful yeah. and true. I try to I try to stay in one place at one time. I, you know. And, let me uh, ask you. Let me ask you a question, kind of off the off the topic, just a little bit. We're trying to get to know you, and this is still part of who Juan is. But what make you? What do you like about your pastor? What that's a long time to be committed to one person. What 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 stands out about him? Man, he's a he's a man of faith. That's all I can say about him. He's just strictly. By the by the code, he's he's a he's a strictly man of God. Um, he stands on what he uh, what he preach about, and uh, I just love him to death. Not only because he's my uncle, that's my mother's brother, but because he's truly my pastor first, and uh, and I respect him a lot. He's 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 always uh, supported me um, in 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 my endeavors and what I like to do in life, and and so he's always been there for me. Um, he had suffered a tragedy in his life. He had lost his wife for 20-some-odd years to cancer, and uh, he's been married. Uh, he's, well, he's married now, and, uh, and his wife just as sweet as she can be, uh, First Lady uh, Lady Sheila, we call her. And uh, um, so he's, 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 a, he's, a, he's a great man of God. I mean, uh, he used to be on TV, wow. he used to be on radio, and I used to do some of his radio broadcasts for him. And uh, and uh, I encourage anybody that's listening, if you are in uh, in Lancaster, Texas, and and uh, 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 come by one Sunday morning at ten o'clock a.m. We we up there and uh, right. playing music and uh, listen to the word. He's 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 what he's all what he said he is. Well, let's do this, family. If y'all don't mind, uh, like I said earlier, Juan is a 
like I said on the promo, one is a man of many talents. So let's listen to a little bit of his playing. We'll put you on the spot, Juan. Uh, this is uh, uh, going okay. to tell us, introduce this clip to everybody. You mentioned it earlier, earlier briefly, but yeah. do a little intro to this clip, please. This is a song that I wrote um, uh, back in 2007, uh, the fall of 2007. It's simply called David's Dance. It's just, it's just, uh, it's a song that just reminds me of the story of David in the Bible, where he was playing his harp. And so that I came up with this rendition. It's a jazz, it's a jazzy type song. It's got a little bit, a little bit of a Jamaican um, uh, rumble to it. So hope you like it. All right, check this out, family.
and there you have it, folks. That was the one and only Juan coming at you. And uh, what do you think of that, Mr. Don Jr.? That was pretty, pretty spiffy, huh? That's an old word. <laughs> that was a bad piece of music, man. Thank yes, you. sir. Yes, sir. You. you have to be a musician, which I'm not, to appreciate it uh, sometime uh, even more um, to know the different. Uh, this, this is what I'm told because I'm not a musician, but I'm told when we listen to music like that, Juan, that as a musician, you really can appreciate it even more. Is that correct? Yes, yes. Yeah. Well, anyway, thank you, you for allowing us to play that. Go ahead, Don. What you say? I was listening to it pretty carefully. I like the keyboard playing. The piano playing really nice. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And, and yeah, folks, was, can we listen? Go ahead. No, I was just going to say that it, the, 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 whole, the whole CD uh, is, is, is supposed to highlight the, the, the keyboard, the piano playing. Um, the bass and the drums, that's just secondary stuff. I was just trying to, well, you know, someone, you know, somebody, told me a while back, you know, you ought to try to record some of your, your, your licks on your on your piano playing. And I said, well, I, you know, I, I thought about it, but, you know, I just never really take it to heart until someone just happened to say it. So when I did this CD here, I, I try to put a lot of emphasis behind the the the, uh, the, the keyboard part of the, of, a, of the song. So that's that's what that was, what was designed to do. Well, Juan, again, appreciate you doing that. I thought it was really nice. It's just like some, I like smooth jazz. That's one thing I listen to in my personal. And so it's like just smooth jazz. That would be on cable or, or you know, any other YouTube uh, favorites of mine. It blended right in. So hopefully you can share more of that with the family. You can always go to Ed Nisbet page and put some of your music on there and just introduce it to the family. Again, reminder to the family, we have the Ed and Isabel page. That's like our main headquarters website, if you will. That's where we put everything on there about the family. And so, again, um, family, just remember to do that. Also, uh, a couple of things I, for keep, I forgot to mention earlier. Darling and I is asking for family to send emails letting us know what y'all want to do about the show. Do we need to leave it the way it is? Do we need to change the time, the date, topic? Um, what, you, what would you like to see? Who would you like to be interviewed? We need families to get a little bit more feedback from y'all as far as what to do with the show. At, at 50, we're going to make a change because, uh, you know, Darling and I are doing a lot of work, and uh, we kind of would like to see more people involved. We don't want to make the Darling set, so i got to say this. We don't want to make the darling sense. So, so remember, family, uh, email us, text us, let us know, give us some suggestions so we won't make the wrong move. This is a very popular show. I'm going to be honest. It's a very popular show. We have lots of people listening, hundreds a week listen. And uh, we don't want to make the – some people say, well, I'll just leave the way it is. Well, because we're carrying the load right now. We do have lives, family. We do have lives, and we want you to share the load. Come on board, be co-hosting like Don is doing. Uh, some of y'all could be hosts of the show. I don't mind. I'll show you how to do it. Uh, we need uh, things like what Tasha do. Fit in. Some of you might want to just start like William B was doing. He's no longer doing the finance thing, but like William was doing, he was sending audio clips of my finances every single week. Some of y'all can do that. Send me something every week. Call ahead of time. Make sure that the topic is okay. But we're looking for people to to start doing. Uh, 
audio uh, new new segments of the show. Some of y'all got some very good ideas, much I mean, great ideas. Just let us know and start sending us some every week. You don't have to do it forever. Just like William B. He did it for a season. Tasha right now. And a little later on, we're going to be listening to a clip from Tasha. Uh, again, we, we, we're still talking to Juan, but I just wanted to just get this out of the way. Family, email us and text us about how we can make the show better and ideas that you have for the show, as well as if you're willing to volunteer your time. All right? So, uh, Juan, uh, I think Don had a question for you. If and uh, then I'll have another question for you. Okay. Hey, Juan, uh, tell me, man, what are yes, some sir. of your hobbies? Some of the stuff that you really like to do, your favorite pastime outside oh, of man. your passion for music. Um, man, I would love. I, my, one of my hobbies, I love reading. Um, I um, I sit down. Uh, with the lamp on my head and in uh, in my bed, and um, I, I just read a good book. That's one of my hobbies. Like um, what? What do you like to read? Well, um, I just got to reading a book called uh, "Slavery of Faith." It's about uh, it's by uh, Leslie and uh, Leslie Wil- uh, w- uh, Wagner Wilson, and she uh, she was uh, one of the uh, um, she was uh, she was part of the uh, cult, uh, Jonestown cult, and wow. uh, she got out of that. Yeah, she got out of the day that that uh, it all happened when 900 people had committed suicide. Well, some of them committed suicide, and uh, I had uh, um, I had uh, I was fortunate to meet her. Uh, she came to she came to Texas to, to meet with me, and we talked. And um, she has a uh, wow. she had been a you know. I was doing a, I was doing what I, I was doing like a research, you know, like I told you before, I like to read a lot, and that's one of my hobbies. I just love reading. So when I get involved in reading, I like to also know who is the research guy is, who was the one, you know, who the author is, you know, where she get this information from, how how did it affect her, and so uh, I got on an email and I emailed her and she emailed me back, <laughs> and uh, and we connected and we were just talking about. Uh, all the things that happened during her time when she was there, and uh, she wow. wrote a book. She wrote, yeah, she wrote a book. It was simply called "Slavery of Faith," and uh, it's about her going through those those situations down there uh, in Jonestown um, and at uh, People's Temple, and uh, she lost her whole entire family except her son. She was able to bring her son back. Her and her son, her son was just a baby at the time. And so uh, she bedded out of there just in time because uh, if she didn't, uh, her husband was looking for her, which her husband was part of the Jim Jones crew, and he was looking for her, and he couldn't find her because she had already left. Had she had a stay, she would be a part of that 900-plus people. So, yeah, that was a good book. Yeah, it was a good, powerful book, man. It was very powerful. I, I learned a lot out of that. What other books you like? Just out of curiosity, give us another one. Um, let's see. I read this book. It's a it's a book called um uh, it's a it's a book by this guy named um oh, what's his name? He um he owns a church in California. It's one of the largest interdenominational churches in California, and uh, it's about um it's about 
learning how to uh, appreciate your 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 gifts and what your gifts is, is made to do, what it's supposed to do. And uh, it's a, it's a very powerful. I'm trying to think of the name of it because it was it was revised several times. And so um, uh, I've been reading that too, uh, to to learn to appreciate uh, the things of God and 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 how it can work for you in your favor. And so uh, it's all I, I'm kind of like trying to trying to walk by faith and not just look at things that's in front of me all the time. And sometimes we get caught up in it. We don't we really don't understand why we start to blame everybody. Start and we even blame God. But we can't be looking at those things. If you want to, you know, you just gotta, you just have to believe in God and have faith, and and just look at things which you really supposed to look at, you know. And uh, like, for instance, uh, you know, some, I, uh, a few years ago, I was having some issues with my son. My son uh, just lost his grandfather, and he oh, okay. uh, and we rely on him. Yeah, we rely on him so much, and so uh, when he passed away. It affected us, and it was like a psychological thing. So I had to approach him in a manner where, at the time, where he was doing some things that just wasn't proper. I had to get on him about it, but then I, I had to stop and think. You know, you know, the de- that's what the devil wants me to, to to appreciate that. I, I'm just not gonna deal with it. So what I did, I I just asked, I just asked God, to God, I, I gotta see, I want to see my son. Healthy. I want to see my son live right. I want to see my son be uh, a, a, a prince and not just uh, not just some thug on the you know on the street or something like that. So yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, Good so, for you. you. Know what I'm saying so. I had to learn to to look at him in that manner. And ever since I've done that, and he's noticed I looked at him like this, and like every time he tried to do something wrong, you know, I I would just keep smiling at him, tell him that's okay. That's just gonna that's gonna pass. After a while, he's starting to understand that uh, I'm not gonna just keep judging him, neg- uh, uh, you know, negativity. I'm just not gonna do it. You know, I still have to teach him what to do, what not to do. I still do that. That's what all parents do for their children. If I didn't do it, I, I told him if I had never done it, I would never, I, I would never show him that I love you. But I love you so much, I want to correct you. So that way, when you grow up, you won't be doing that no more. So. That's that's what the, that's what this book that I was reading uh, is about. Looking at things for what it really, you know, what it's supposed to be, not what it really is. So it, it kind of opened my eyes to see things like that, especially toward family members, which sometimes we don't have kind of patience, you know, with our own family members. We have patience with everybody else, but we don't have patience with our own family sometimes. So I'm trying to, you know, lean in that direction and being patient with my own family. Good stuff. That's some good stuff. And again, wow. you listen to the Douglas Kennedy Family and Friends Network, and we're talking to the one and only Juan Booker. And um, really, uh, we're, we're covering a lot of a lot of ground here. Juan has talked about his wife, talked about his children, his, his, what he does for a living. He's talked about his music career, and so we're just learning more and more and more about this. Juan Booker. So uh, you tune in, family. Those of you on the phone lines, again, if you have any questions, comments for our guests, press one at this time. While I'm looking at the phone line, because I don't always look at the phone line, folks, that's, that's the whole thing about hosting. I'm looking here, looking there, checking the time, doing the music and all this stuff. So I'm looking at the phone lines now. If you have a question, please press one and talk to your cousin. Don, I think you had something. 
Yeah, uh, Warren, who is the yes, author sir. of that The Slavery of Faith, who is the author of that book? Um, her name is Leslie Wagner Wilson. A good friend of <laughs> okay. mine. Uh, she, uh, uh, you know, she uh, she came to Texas during a, I think it was, uh, yeah, I think it was doing Labor Day. No, it wasn't Labor Day. He was doing the uh, uh, the uh, uh, 4th of July uh, uh, holiday. And she uh, called me and asked me what I was doing. I told her I was at my brother's house barbecuing. <laughs> and so she said, well, hey, is it, is it okay I can come up? Said, yeah, sure. I didn't think she was coming, though. And she showed up. Her and her daughter showed up. And I was shocked, you know. I was actually looking at the woman that I had read her book, you know, and uh, uh, small little, you know, short, statured woman. Um, uh, she looked like she was having some hip problems or something like that, but she, uh, she you know, she uh, she just seemed so alive and, you know, and uh, we talked a little bit. We even took pictures together and stuff. And she um, she was just telling me about the 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 fun things that was going on up there at Jonestown then, you know, then the horror, you know, the things that happened. And she just said that something just told her on the inside that it was time for you to get out of there. You know, and she didn't know how to leave because every time she was trying to take a step to go somewhere, her husband was right there. And so, uh, of course, her husband who was one of the 900 that died anyway. He committed suicide. Well, let me ask you this. Uh, let me ask you this about that. What did you, because we, we want to know about you, the person, what did you get out of that? Mm-hmm. What did it do for you, Juan? What did you learn from it? Well, you know, I, I've learned that, I learned that when you try to put your faith in man, it's going to it's gonna fail you every time. I, I don't care. I don't care if he is. If he had performed miracles and blessings in front of you, and if it's not, if it's through, if it's through the, the evil works of the devil, but you don't know it and you think it's God, then uh, you, you got a long way to go. And see, these people here, they put all their faith, they trust their way of life into this man because he told them, "I'll be your God. You know, I'll be your friend. You want to be your friend? I'll be your friend. I'll be your God." And these people just. Throw all their cares on him. They threw it out on him. And, and and they just relax. And so by them doing that, he can tell them what to do. You know, he tell them, look, I want you to sleep on time. Go ahead. And let me ask you something. Don, I want you to weigh in, too. I would love to hear your comment on this as well. But uh, to me, I, I'm kind of like you. I didn't read that book, but it, it fascinated me, the whole Jonestown thing. And I did a lot of research, too. Probably not as much as you did. But I see the same behavior in a lot of our churches. You know, when you say things like, uh, pastors say things like, you know, they don't want you going checking out of the churches without checking in with them, and you got to check in with them before you go places. Or here's a good one, you know, being the teacher. You know, I don't understand how people can allow a pastor to be their teacher. I mean, yes, he is their teacher. Let me explain, because I don't want to be misunderstood. Right. But the pastor brings it up, but the Holy Spirit inside of you is the one that's going to check off to whether or not this is error or not. But when you go into right. trusting your pastor to lead and guide you, 
this is how you can be quick, long, or when that pastor fall. This is why it's so devastating. I used to be like that for a long time. No, I can't even lie. I ain't going to even lie. I don't even remember me being like that. But I know at some point I probably was like that. But I can't remember when I ever was that 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 trusting of any kind of... Because the Holy Spirit is within us, Juan, and yeah, he lead yeah. and guide us. The pastor might bring up the topic, Sister So-and-so, I perceive that you need to do this or that. Well, Pastor, thank you for that word. I'm going to check with the Father on that because that is, uh, I want to know. You go home, you pray about it. If you, if you don't get a check in your spirit, then he was in error. You just be like, well, Pastor, the Father, I, I, I got in my spirit to do something else. But these pastors having all this kind of power to tell you where to go, what to give, uh, who to marry, whether or not you call to the ministry, this is how you run into James Jones type of thing. Do you agree with that, Juan? Yeah. Uh, uh, Don? I agree with that wholeheartedly. You, you, you really can't put you really can't put that kind of faith in man. You really can't. You got to understand. He may be a man of God, but he's a man first. So you have to be careful. I mean, you don't want to just say, "Okay, yeah, he healed my son of 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 cancer or whatever the case may be." You know, that may be true, but but yeah, no, he didn't heal him. The father healed him. That's right. That's right. That's right. And see, that's that's the thing that I've learned. That's the thing I learned. He can heal a fly. Right. I I found out that uh, I found out that when these people put all their trust in, and I know he used a lot of tricks. You know, he did a lot of tricks. He was being very trickery about it. You know, he had hired uh, stunt people. He had hired uh, actors and actresses to, to perform tricks to make the people think that he had actually healed them, when, in, in fact, he never did. He never did. And see, this yeah. is, and this, and I mean, don't get me wrong. It could have fooled anybody, but you have to know the word for yourself. Don't throw all your cares on a man and thinking that he's going to give you all the answers. Because he don't even have all the answers for himself. You saw hey, what hey, Juan, check, check this out, Juan and Don. Check this out. Mm-hmm. We're rhyming tonight. <laughs> check this out. <laughs> there is a gentleman, and I ain't, I ain't afraid of nobody. I'm going to call his name. His name is Jerry Savelle, one of the biggest Jerry ministries Savelle. in the world. Now, Jerry Savelle, I, I believe, is a man of God. So don't go mm-hmm. saying I'm slandering him. If I was slandering him, I would say he's not a man of God. I think he is a man of God. Right. He made a big he made a big mistake one day. My friend was telling me about this, and I was like, "Wow, listen how good this sounds, but it's very tricky." He said, "Well, folks, we're gonna we're gonna uh, be doing a commercial, and because we want people to come and be blessed and to be healed of God, but uh, right now we want to do a commercial. We got the cameras here, and we want." To let the people know that God's power is really want to come to this uh, facility and be healed and be taught. And so we need some people to, to just kind of dramatize what it's like when you get healed. In other right. words, you'll be in a wheelchair. I pray for you and you get up out of that wheelchair to let the people know that this is what's going on and what God is doing. Well, he really was looking for them to fake it. In other words, here's a wheelchair, you get in it, I'm going to pray for you, you go walking, and let the camera see all this, and they'll come, and they'll see the real deal. Right, exactly. (laughs) My friend said this to him, hey, Jerry, yeah, what about that? And the way he looked at him, Jerry Savelle decided that wasn't a good idea. So, what am I saying? Good ministers 
And I think Jerry Savelle is the man of God. Again, I said that, family, so don't go thinking I'm slandering the man. Uh, but but let's discuss that further. Again, piggybacking off what you're saying, Juan, uh, mm-hmm. sometimes the miracles are real. Yeah. Sometimes the miracles are real. There's people that, listen, folks, there's people that can get you to believe God, but they ain't living worth the quarter. In our church, yeah. that's what they was known for. All kind of crooks come through Prayer Faith Temple, and they would do types of things like the W.V. Grant. They had the little microphone in his ear, had somebody up in the other other area, and it, and it was all phony. But the people didn't know that, so their faith was activated, and God has to honor right. real faith. So the fakeness caused some people to believe. The belief actually caused God to heal, and guess what gets put on the radio? The real miracles. So guess what you're going to respond to? You're going to go see the real miracles, not knowing that the person is behind. The whole thing is a phony. Juan is right. You cannot trust man. Good good point, Juan. You can't do it. And then I'm going to say this, too, uh, what you were saying earlier. Uh, Sometimes uh, a man of God may have his intentions to really want to pray for you, you know, and he really want to heal you, he want to help you, but then he has to use the tricks in the end. And that's only because he doubted himself. See, in the beginning, he, he had the right intentions. He had the right intentions. But in the end, he fell off. He lost his faith. He just fell off. And he didn't think he can, you know, he didn't think he can save this person. So he, he got desperate and said, well, let me try these little tricks right here, and maybe I can motivate that person to start coming to my church. But while he had to do was just be obedient and, and, and just live right, for, you know, live right for Christ and just follow his word. And, and and do what he says, and you know, stay on stay on the right course, you know. And I think, like you know, I, I can't say this for everybody, for every man of God, you know. I can't say this for everybody, but I can say that as far as Jim John concerned, I think he did have the calling. I think he had the calling. He just said he got mis, you know, he got misdirected. And sometimes when you get misdirected, you can never come back from where you misdirected because you so far gone into the into the uh, into that way of. of Preaching or, 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 or you know trickery and stuff where you you just can't you know you just can't uh, you can't come out of it and so um, and uh, he ended up you know like the rest of them you know but of course you know you you learn from that and then you know you keep on going you know uh, I, don't get me wrong I have dealt with a lot of pastors I played at different churches with. But the pastor, I met this one pastor of mine. I'm not going to say his name because he's still in the ministry, but I'm going to say this to about him, though. Uh, one day uh, uh, he, he admitted to me that he was, he said he wanted to know if his flock was living right. So what he would do was that on uh, late in the middle of the night, he would go and check out people's houses and look in their windows and see if they're doing anything, you know, wrong. And I'm thinking, like, Bucket, did you do that for me? He said, yeah, I got to find out what's going on. I said, so... I, I can't even believe that. I, 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 yeah, I know it's true, but that is hard to believe. Yeah. Wow. I, I, couldn't believe, I couldn't believe myself. And I said, listen, man, I said, you're going to find people's business. You're going to find their own home to check and see if they living right. I said, that's not godly, man. I mean, Jesus never done that. How, how could you do that? He said, "He said, well, you know, in this day and time, Mr. Booker, you just never know. You just never know. I said, man, I'm going to tell you something. Leave those folks alone. If you can't trust your own flock, who can you trust? I'm saying you don't you don't need to go in people's homes and 
and look through their windows and see exactly what they're doing. You don't need to do that. <laughs> I said, that's unnecessary. But see, that's a sign, that's the first sign of a code activity, you know. And so, uh, as of today, I heard that uh, his uh, membership had went down dramatically. So he's, you know, not saying that I wish that to happen to him, but he brought that on himself. You know? Wow. I think, wow. I think, I think, well, listen. You no, know, you can all- That is something. I mean, I'm telling you, I, I, I didn't mean to get a little bit off point here, but it's still, this is still learning who Juan is, because y'all hear how Juan is rightly dividing the word of truth and is able to call these things out. This is still talking about Juan Booker tonight, y'all, seeing our ministry side of him. Uh, Don, did you uh, have a question, and then I wanted to go to the, uh, if you didn't, or you maybe have one later, I wanted to go to a clip of the one and only Caleb Jr., Juan's father, with something that none of us may not know. I know, I know, but I'm saying y'all may not know what I'm about to play here. Just a little FYI about the one and only Caleb Jr. Now, I'd like to know your opinions on it when I come back. So, Don, did you have a question that you want to hold it to after the clip? No, I want to get out of the way now. You know, as far as, or maybe it's a comment, you know, as far as ministry and, and the shakers and the flakers, where the scripture says, truth is known by the fruit that it bears. And it, 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 it behooves all believers to find out God for themselves to really seek the word and become empowered by the direction of the Holy Spirit and trying the spirit by the spirit because you know even the scripture says that that um that Satan comes as an angel of light and there are false prophets in these days in the last three days there'll be false prophets and false miracles but a true yeah. miracle can it, 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 it lasts it don't start and stop a real miracle right. goes on and because the bloodline of Jesus Christ will never stop. You know, Amen. he did all on the and he, and he gave gifts unto men. So we as believers, Warren, you being a church musician, I know you've had a lot of experience with playing and people healed and moved by the anointing as you play. And then even you, Seth, being in ministry in different areas, you saw the shakers and the fakers and our songs. But we, family all over, Yep. We just got to study to show ourselves approved so that we can have a real relationship and know the difference between real miracles, fake people, and that God directly. We cannot put all of our trust in the minister, but we must trust the word of God and the ministry. Amen. Don, that was, Amen. that was very good. I'm glad you brought that up, Don. Thank you for bringing it up, because we need a balance here. I don't want y'all to think that, they, you know, there is some crooks in there, I'm telling you. With prayer of faith, we saw it all. I know the power of God from visiting that church. And, but there's no such thing. The whole church, the foundation was wrong, a revival center, a revival center. I can attend to a revival center. Why you need reviving every single week? That was wrong in and of itself. So I went to a church for many years that just, it was just a game. It was just a gimmick. But where there's phony, there's real. We saw some real power. That's why I refuse. That's why I'm so glad Mama introduced us to that church because we saw all of it. We saw all kind of stuff. But we also saw, like Don said, the power of the Most High. We, we just did, folks. We saw people that, that command evil spirits to come out, and they came out screaming and crying and tearing yeah. bodies. Exactly. You know, when I say tearing, I mean just really causing pain. Exactly. But folks, listen. Listen to this. 
We got the one and only. Can y'all believe this? Bud is gone. Uncle Bud is gone. Caleb Booker no longer is on the planet. However, his legacy live on. Uncle Bud actually spent some time with me on the previous show, like I said, and uh, he shared something with me I thought was kind of strange. It, it, you hear this, but it's kind of unique. It is it is rare. Uh, Caleb Jr., in his own words, so I wanted to play this clip, and I just want to know what y'all think of this clip. So I can't wait to get y'all's opinion of what is being said here. Just, just that's just me. I just can't wait to hear y'all. So I'm just trying to pull it up here. So in the meantime, family, when we come back again, y'all are quiet tonight. If you have any questions, comments, please, folks, don't. Feel, don't be shy tonight now. Y'all got to talk to us. Uh, let us know by person one. Let us know by person one. So anyway, um, here we go. Here we go. I got it. I got it. I got it. So we'll be right back, folks. Not too short, but I don't want to take up the whole night. Because if I start talking about me, I could probably take up a couple of weeks. Yeah, but I'm just Uh-oh. gonna take it. <laughs> just gonna tell you a little something that maybe most of my nieces and nephews don't know. Okay, uh, and that is the way I was born. And uh, I was born with a, with a veil. And with a veil? A veil. Okay. Wow. You didn't know that. All right. Uh, some people call it a veil. Some people call it a call. Okay. So what a veil is, it's a little skin. That covers the baby's head completely. And it's patterned like the veil of a woman's veil when when she's getting married. You see? And uh, I was listening to Dr. Ray Hagen one day, and he didn't know what a veil was, and so he asked his audience, did anybody know what a veil was? And somebody said, oh, it's just a piece of placenta. That's hanging over the baby's head, right? Which is incorrect because this is completely detached from the placenta and the baby's head. It just covers like a stocking cap down to the neck. So you can just pull it off like you would a stocking cap. And that is what my mother did. Now, the reason. And what she would do, she hung it over the entrance to the house, to the front door, so that anybody coming into the house would walk underneath this veil, all right? 
Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You said, wait a minute, wait a minute, make sure I got this right. You said that uh, uh, it was hung over what now? The front door, the front entrance to the house. This was skinned, you know, right? Like you, hang, like you hang a mistletoe at Christmas time over the entrance, over your front door. Okay. As, as, you, as you come into the house, you have this mistletoe hanging up there, right? Well, it's see at the veil hanging up there like a mistletoe, right? And uh, so I figured that it veil would have to last a pretty good while for me to remember it. But I do remember it had to be had to be about three years old, right? And most people say, well, you can't remember that far back, right? I can because she made such a fuss over the veil. You know, and the veil was about me, so it kind of stuck in my mind that there was something that about me that everybody was making a fuss of, right? So I asked her several times after I got older, what did that mean, being born with a veil? And she told me that it meant being able to see things other people can't see. So I'm assuming that she probably she probably meant being able to see things most people most people can't see. But the word coming from the old school, like it was passed down to her through our people as to what this film meant. So they said that uh, it means being able to see things other people can't see. But I see that in some. Most people can't see, because I've run to a lot of people that can see things I can't see, you know, so... I 
I mean, I heard of the being born with a bill, but I didn't know he. I didn't know. I didn't know he was born like that. I did not know that. But uh, I'm glad I was able to share that. Yeah. What do you I, think I of that, Don Jr.? Well, uh, I heard of it, but I still don't have a complete understanding of the meaning of it. Well, well, let me just say this. I'm going to be honest with y'all. I'm going to be honest with y'all. I cut it short because tonight is about one and not so much about Caleb Jr. But I wanted the family to hear uh, from Caleb's mouth, uh, Uncle Bud's mouth, uh, some things about him. You heard earlier that he flew. He had his license. Uh, You heard some things, and I want to share that. He later on said that it meant that he was a shaman, or uh, that's where it comes from. And a shaman is like, yeah. a, like he said, a person that could see. Now, whether or not medium. that he uh, actually, right, right. So, you know, I don't know. You have to listen to the whole interview, family. And again, if y'all want the whole interview, I do have it. Uh, we've actually put all of the shows on the Ed Nisbet page. You just got to go to that page and move down. Everything I've ever done, I think, is on the Ed Nisbet page. You just got to move down, 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 okay? But tonight, uh, we're talking to his son, Juan Booker. And again, we look at the phone lines. Hold on, hold on. Look, we got a question. We got a question. We got a question. Eric Code 817. Uh, when you come on the line, everybody, please give the city... That's the new thing. Give the city, give the city, give the city, and who you are and how you're related. Okay, Eric Code 817 go ahead with your question or your comment. Hello. Uh, yes, go right ahead. Okay, this is a Robbie. Okay. How you doing, Robbie? I'm fine. And I'm okay. I uh, was asked to listen tonight, and I'm glad I did. Uh, I'd like to clear up something. Okay. I remember when he was born. I remember the veil. The the veil is like a, the sack that the baby is born in. But most okay. of the time it's, it's off when that baby now, is born. Hold on, Robbie. Hold on, hold on a second, Robbie. Please forgive me. There's some noise in the background. So I just heard a chill move. Folks, y'all can't have no noise in the background because all this stuff is here real loud on the other end. But go ahead, Robbie. And uh, anyway, it's, it, when usually when a baby's born, that's off. It comes off that baby. But it was not off him. And and uh, I remember the veil. It It looked like a big fish bladder. It looked like a big fish bladder. And I don't remember it hanging on the front door, but I remember that bladder. And Mama kept it. And moving around, so we moved from when we moved from where he was born to another place. Uh, it got misplaced. We didn't see. I didn't see it anymore. But uh, yes, he was born with the veil. He was completely in it. And when wow. I was born, it was. Partially over my head, so we both had the same gift. And uh, now, Jesus said, "Some would like to see like you see and hear like you hear," to his disciples. And 
that was a gift. But it didn't say anything about, you know, being born with no veil or nothing like that. But I'm just saying that it does happen. Uh, I don't know if Warren know it, but uh, his mother, I think she had twins, and Bud was overseas when she was pregnant with the twins. And he, when she told him she was pregnant, he told her that she was that, that those babies was gonna be born. He knew that. She just told him she was pregnant. That was the one thing I know. But I could go into some other stuff. But we that we that. Wow. But I'm just I'm just saying that he was actually born. But all that's all a lot of stuff I heard you say. There was no way he could know that he says he's going by something he heard. But we lost that that thing that veil got lost when we moved from. Well, Lisa's chicken is on 28th Street. Our house used to sit right there. We moved from there to uh, uh, 3013 Prospect. And when we moved there, that's when we lost. That's when we got misplaced. And my daddy was in the, in, uh, in service then. So he was a little. Okay. So part of it was true, but part of it he's something he heard. But... Uh, about men over hanging on the door and all that. I, I, I don't know nothing about that. And, and, okay. I'm, and I'm, I'm the oldest child. But I'm okay. just telling you, but he, but he, listen, but was a wise person. He did have the gift. He did have the gift. But like I told him, God gave him the gift to use for him. But he never understood that he was born for special things. Uh, he he because he, uh, he he was a smart young man. He even organized a music. He had a uh, 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 he, he he could because he, he was a singer. He, uh, and he had a he had a, a singing group when he was young. But like you say, you didn't you you you, you interviewing his son tonight, and you wasn't you didn't you, it's not about him. But I just I'm glad I turned listened in to hear this part of it, and that that okay. part is is true about the veil. Because, okay. like I said, so we both was born. You know, he was completely in it, and I was partially in it. And my mother was a a wise person. So, what I'm trying to say is, uh, people call them different things. But I call it the gifts of the Holy Spirit. That, that that that's what that's where the gift come from, God. And that's just, oh. that maybe the veil, maybe the veil was just a sign. I'm not sure. But what God wants you to know, believe in that we don't know everything. But there are things that are not, like Paul says, not even lawful to tell. If if my children only knew what I knew, what I know. Some things I can't tell them, uh, and some things I won't tell them. But we were born this way, and I can't change that. I used to try to hide it, but I don't care who knows it now, because I'm on my way out of here. I'm 83 years old, and whatever God tells me to do or say, and I know it's from God, you'll hear from me. 
All right. Well, thank you, Robbie, for that. Appreciate that. Appreciate you coming on that. I just want you to know the truth. Well, thank you. Appreciate that. Bye-bye. All right. Well, that was the one and only Robbie Slaughter. Uh, any comments on that, Don Jr., or uh, any comments, Juan, uh, on that? Um, well, um, yeah, like I said, it's, it's my first time knowing that he was uh, he, uh, well, that's the first time I ever heard that. I didn't know. Yeah. Um, that that probably that probably what explains. Um, uh, he was talking to me uh, about, and I asked him, "What was his what was his reasoning for going to California? You know, why did he leave his family to go way out there? You know, and he stayed out there for a long time. And uh, you know, I heard a lot of stories, but you know, you you want to know the truth, and you hear from the person that that tells it. And so he told me some similar stuff about uh, about us. Uh, Spiritual spirituality stuff. Uh, he wasn't really making no points out of it. He was just—it was kind of like he was giving his, uh, his belief um, system about, you know, uh, about um, things that's been going on in the world. Uh, and I don't, like I said, I, I you know, I, I all the thing I was doing was listening to him. I didn't, I didn't question him at all. Um, his thinking is where he, you know, what he feels is, is how he. Uh, I, don't, I don't think I was going straight on. It's just I'm getting to know the person because I haven't seen you know before somebody. So I can't think about it like that. I, I can't question a one that I don't know. You know what I'm saying? There you uh, go. He has his own belief. Yeah, he has his own belief system. But the thing, I, the, the thing that, that struck me most about uh, about. Uh, about uh, my father was that um, he, he was a very interesting guy. He, he seems kind-hearted, and and uh, he's he's going to say what he want to say what's fine, and uh, that's it. That was just point blank, and uh, I admire him for that. I do. I, I mean, right. Uh, and, and I want to add know. this: that ain't uh, ain't Brenda um, May was telling me that on his deathbed. Because she was concerned about, because, you know, Bud was very outspoken. Like I said, he had some issues with the scriptures, some parts of the scriptures, not all of it. And he right. wasn't really certain on this Christ thing. And Brother May would let me know that on his deathbed, he gave his life to, to Christ. What more can you ask? What more can you ask? And so I just wanted to just say that. But you know what, family? One thing I have to say is this. Uh... We ain't going to always agree on the scriptures because we're at different levels. We're learning. Some of us are babies. Some of us are seasoned. So one thing I can appreciate with talking with Caleb Jr. was how he was just honest. I mean, he was telling me. I mean, when I told him that, because, again, he was really rattled by this whole serpent talking to Eve thing, and I say, Uncle Bud, he said, that serpent told the truth. And I say, well, no, he didn't. Yes, he did. No, he didn't. Uncle Bud, let me explain. When Adam ate the fruit, the father said, the day you eat thereof, you shall surely die. He said, well, when did he say he was going to die, Seth? I said, he said, the day you eat, did he die? 
Well, but no, he didn't fall down dead. Well, he's a liar. He had problems with the God of the Old Testament when he said that statement. I said, Bud, you have been deceived. That man experienced death. He had been walking with the Father in the cool of the day. His, his creation was in order. He was made to live forever. And immediately when Eve ate of that fruit, she began to taste death. They, it was different. No more cool of the day walking. The animals started acting up. Creation started acting up. Evil spirits. Had, I mean, he experienced death that day. And I cannot tell you, Juan and Don, how... Caleb Jr. looked at me when I broke that down. But I have to give Caleb Jr. props because a lot of us don't understand that scripture. And uh-huh. we actually believe like Bud, Uncle Bud did, but we won't say it. We got issues with certain scripture. We won't say it. Well, this man, Uncle Bud, Caleb Jr., <laughs> said it. And I was able to let him see another side of the God of the Old Testament. I say, well, he said, what about all them killings and all those wars? He said, it was a bloodshed. That God was about blood. I don't believe in that God. I say, hold on a second. Uncle Bud, God said he put before man good and evil. Choose good. Israel was the one that wanted a king. Again, we took interviewing Caleb Booker tonight. We're still interviewing Juan Booker tonight. I'm just talking about Caleb Jr. because Aunt Robert just came on and she gave some very interesting things about him. We just we're talking about his father because he is from his father. Juan is the son of Caleb Jr., Uncle Bud, aka Uncle Bud. So we're talking about Uncle Bud here, but <laughs> a lot of people, family, have problems with the bloodshed in the scriptures, but we don't know we're the ones. Israel chose a king. God said, "You don't need a king." We want a king. We want a king. God said, you don't need a king. I'm your king. We want a king like all the other people. All the other people had a king. And the Bible says that God told them what the king would do. You're going to go to war. You're going to have this. You're going to have that. A lot of people have problems with how those kings just slept with women without even question. Well, that was because Israel chose the king, and that's what a king gets. He gets to sleep with whoever he wants. Don't get mad and think God is a sexist. You don't read the scriptures properly. God told him, don't get a king. He's going to do that. So when they start going to war, all this bloodshed, killing, 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 that was Israel's choice. That wasn't the most high. Another thing Uncle Bud had trouble with was the whole uh, uh, kids in Africa. All this dying. Where's God at? The Bible says God gave the authority in the earth to his man. He says he comes to kill, he comes to give life more abundantly, that the thief comes to kill, to steal, and destroy. So we have to rightly divide the word of truth. That man really enjoyed, and I enjoyed talking to him, because he was honest and I was honest as well. So just had to say that, uh, because a lot of us think like Uncle Bob, but we will not admit it. And I think in the end he did give his life to Christ, and that's the most important thing, I think. Yes. Well, Don, you've been quiet for a while. Any comments before we go to for these final questions here? No, I've just enjoyed listening to you and uh, Warren talk, and I was impressed by the response of uh, Aunt Robbie. But, of course, whenever we have another minister or someone come in and make a comment, we can all feast and learn from that. But, no, I've yes. just enjoyed listening. Yes, yes, yes. But Uncle Bob wasn't, we wasn't no pushover, folks. This man, 
man. And I, uh, Juan, I, I guarantee you that's where you get a little bit of the intellect, how you're able to write a divide. We heard you earlier. We, we, you sound the same way. You know, folks, that's where we need to be. If you got issues with the scriptures, like Uncle Bud has, say it. Say it. Because the Father already know your heart anyway. I had questions with it. You know, I have questions, you know, had questions, because I go to ministers, and that's why for a long time I was labeled a, a problem maker, because I would want to know, and they couldn't answer questions. You know, like I believe with the people of the Bible. You know, y'all know how I feel about that, I've talked about that forever. But anyway, tonight, we're interviewing one, 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 one. So, Mr. Booker, I want to tell you this right here. I have enjoyed thoroughly interviewing you, and uh, before we ask these final questions, um, I just want you to know, thank you for coming on. Thank you for bringing that, the, the whole experience with uh, the Jim Jones back up and how you learn from that, how you write a divide. Thanks for encouraging uh, the family tonight. Again, we're in 13 states. They'll be listening, Kansas, Florida, Texas, California, Arkansas, Missouri, Alabama, Georgia, Michigan, Alaska, Oklahoma. Yes, they will hear those comments you made. And thank you for encouraging them to, to, to get into the scriptures, not into man. Be truthful to a pastor, because you said you're committed, right? Right. That's right. But you said don't put your trust in man like that. Oh, no. No, you don't. No. Put your faith, put your trust in God. He'll, do, he'll, he'll lead you in the right direction. Amen. I mean, you know, it's, 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 just that, uh, it's just that I know that a lot of people have been hurt. And, and, you know, believe it or not, you, you've been hurt by man. You, you you haven't been hurt by God. You, you haven't even given God a chance. So you can't get hurt by him. But I think now, Lord, hold on a second. I have to do this. Hold on. I have to do this okay. every single show. I have to do this. It's, it's almost midnight. Folks, if you clicked on the link, you didn't call the phone number. You clicked on a link that was texted to you or emailed to you. Folks, you have to call the number now or you're going to be disconnected because uh, at 10 o'clock, anybody clicked on the link will be disconnected. You have to call the number 914-205-5590. Again, 914 914- Two zero five 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 nine zero. If you get disconnected, you know, somebody listen to the show. You can call and do a three way, but you got to do it quick. I just got a little message in my ear. You got sixty seconds to call the number nine one four two zero five 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 nine zero. It should be on the text or email you receive. But go ahead, Juan. Yeah. Well, uh, anyway, like, like I was saying, that I, you know, a lot of people have been hurt and been distraught, been uh, torn. Um, left their jobs, left their families, loved ones. And it's this pain that they're going through, and they want to, and you know, the easiest thing to blame is God. It's easy. It's sufficient. But, you know, you have to look deeper. You have to look, you have to look at the root cause of what's going on. And I know it's easy for anybody, and I've done it before. You know, my father, the man that raised me when he passed, you know, I didn't know who to blame it on because I just felt like, you know, um, he, he does, you know, too, too, too soon. You know, it was, you know, but I was, I was really more conscientious with my brothers and sisters because they were their father. They, they true father, they blood father. And, uh, and I was feeling what they were feeling. And, uh, and they were hurting. They were hurting real bad because they missed them. But in the end, we had to look at the root cause of the situation. And the root cause was the fact that, he didn't hardly ever take care of himself. He didn't take the medication that he was supposed to be taking that the doctors gave him. 
So what happened was that he was slowly deteriorating. He didn't even try, you know. And uh, he basically just like what gave up, you know. And then he died uh, uh, February the 20th, 21st, uh, 1991, I mean, years ago. Uh, so, uh, so I'm not, you know, so we, 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 you know, I guess what I'm trying to say is that we, we don't, you know, we have to be careful who we find fault in. And it's usually ourselves. It's the way we look at things, you know. But you know what? God, God, you know, God has you in his grace. And he forgives you. He loves you. And he cares for you. Nobody has to know that but you. You have to know it for yourself. And once you know it for yourself, then everything we everything we swipe clean. You just have to trust and believe in him. Man's not always gonna confuse you because that's his that's his that's his makeup. His 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 job is confusion. The devil, we'll put it like that. You know, he's he's mm-hmm. there too. He'll still Steal, kill and destroy. Yeah. He wants to take your he wants to take Everything that you hold dear, he wants to turn it against you. That way you can blame God. It's that simple. But once you understand the makeup, they say that they say that in order to defeat your enemy, you must learn your enemy first. Learn about him. Find out what he what, what he's capable of, and then you use that against him. That way you became, that way you remain victorious. But then if you don't know your enemy, <laughs> then you start blaming everybody, and you think the enemy is free. When in fact, that's the true enemy right there itself. So you know that's uh, you know it, it's 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 not it's not a it's not a logical thing. It's really not. It's kind of, it's kind of like a it's kind of spiritual, but you know you have to kind of like look at what it is, and, and, you know, judge. You know, because sometimes really the fault is always in ourselves. You know. We want to blame somebody because it makes it look good on, on our conscience. But you have to face the truth for yourself, you know. And uh, my 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 fault. I know I have a fault. I, I I should have been more. I didn't know that that Caleb was that, that articulate. And I know when he came back to Dallas from uh, three times, I think. And uh, during those three times, it was like I caught him at a bad time. Or something, you know. And I think I'm trying to remember have he ever called me before. I think he called me once, and we talked for like thirty minutes, and uh, that was it. Um, he had to go, and I had to go. I talked to him one time when he was in California. Now, I did talk to him then, and uh, but when he came to Dallas, I talked about three times, and um, and uh, so you know, um, I could tell, or he could tell, whether or not. But either he was busy or I was busy and he was doing something I was doing something and we just couldn't really, really connect. But it wasn't like so I didn't I wasn't thinking about him. I always think about him all the time. Uh Bernard May, uh, Robbie, um, Amber Jean when she was alive. She Amber Jean was the one that kinda uh, and, and, and hold on, hold on, hold on, because uh, when you mention those names, uh, I, I make it a business to do this because we got all kind of folks listening, not as elite, just not as elite people. And some people might say, well, who is Alma Jean? Y'all heard of Renee May, y'all heard of Robbie. Okay. But Alma Jean was, again, uh, one of, uh, 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 excuse me, uh, was uh, Azalee's daughter, just so y'all know. Go ahead. Yeah. And so uh, um, her, uh, let's see, who else was uh, Naomi? Um, well, Vernon May. Well, 
Meantime, me and my family, we sit here, and uh, and uh, all of a sudden, when he drove out, when they when they rolled out, out of the park, out of the theme park, that's when they started the parade. Can't you believe that? They stopped the parade on here in the corner. And check this out, Juan. Again, we were talking about Juan. We were talking about Juan Booker tonight, and he's sharing his experience with his father, about his father. But I want to, I want to do this because I got a little clip. I think will be interesting to everybody. You mentioned why he went to LA. I actually found that clip, and I want to play it at this time. Okay. Is that okay with you, Juan? Okay. Again, we're interviewing Juan Booker. He's talking about his uh, life. He talks about his wife. He mentioned about his children. He mentioned about his ministry. He mentioned about his music. Now he's talking about his father. I just want to just play this little clip. It's not that long, folks. But check this out. We'll be right back. Check this out. You, the person, and if, they, you, if, they, if, if you feel like, hey, keep going in that vein, fine. I'm just saying. But I'm also itching to know just about you, the person, like what happened. You know, you spent a lot of years in uh uh, uh, L.A. And uh, I mean, I remember one time we was talking to me about some things you went, you, you ex- uh, experienced in the college. A lot of people don't yeah, well, see, uh, all of this when I was in L.A. Uh, not that the veil was doing, it, but I lived such a lifestyle till I was always headed in a particular direction. You know. And uh, it had to do with So you feel like the L.A. experience was because mm-hmm. was it was by the veil? Yeah. Uh, well, the reason I say it's about the veil is because uh, That's I was, interesting. I, I, I didn't realize that. So what you're saying, just, just kind of make a little conversation here, you're saying that the whole L.A. experience had a lot to do with this veil. Yeah, because a lot of times things happen in your life that will take you to different places for different reasons. You might not be aware of it, you see. Now, my trip to Los Angeles was following a woman, you know. My ego was like that, you know. And uh, she had moved to Los Angeles, remarried and moved to Los Angeles. So I went to Los Angeles for that now, when I get to Los Angeles, I run into one of my old schoolmates from Fort Worth that's telling me about the GI Bill and going to, you know, college. I first started to go to college just for the money, so I used that GI money to make a car note. So in doing so, I had to pick a major. And so I majored in psychology, right? After I majored in psychology, then psychology started me to go in a particular direction. You see, I was a part of a special psychological program. I don't know if you would remember my mother had a picture of me when I was in, in this program. But uh, it, it was a condensed program to try to make for the psychologist the same thing that the nurse is to the doctor. You know, the doctor's got a nurse, the dentist has got a uh, dental helper or whatever, but the psychologist don't have a nurse or something that can assist them. So the program was 
to put together a condensed psychological program in two years that would enable us to get a degree called Psychological Services Curriculum and be able to be like a nurse to psychology in two years. So in taking that, that's when I start to move towards the reason why people behave in a certain way. Okay? And as psychologists, you can't be prejudiced, right? And you can't be just because I may be a Christian, I, I can't, you know, in order for me to be effective, I cannot be nothing. As far as I cannot be prejudiced toward one, one religion over another. Okay? So that just moved me further toward, you know, a particular point. Now, in doing so, uh, I always had to uh, to come up with, you know, come create some kind of theories and stuff and do field work and things in my field. Okay, I'm going to end that there. But uh, just, um, okay, um, let's go back to the phone line. Don, your line is open. Juan, your line is open. I just wanted to just play just a little bit of that. He goes more into it. I'm telling you, it's a very interesting uh, interview, and it's on the Ed and Isabel page. I posted all the links to all the old shows we did, as well as the new shows under the Douglas Kennedy Family Friends Network. So both the Douglas Kennedy Family Friends Network shows is all on Ed and Isabel page, as well as the Booker Douglas shows is on. I, I, so y'all got to check that out. But what did you think of that, Juan? I mean, that's from straight from uh, yeah. your father's mouth as to why he went to L.A. Isn't that something? I did not know that. That is interesting. I didn't even know. <laughs> I didn't even know. And see, yeah, it's really, yeah, really, 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 Right, because I'm not going to lie, when I first went over to see him, and, and I know I don't know that much about Bud, like ain't Robbie doing other people, but I like to understand, especially from a evangelistic standpoint, because I was troubled with what he had to say about my God, the God of, uh, of the Old Testament. And so when he said he got into psychology, I'm thinking, okay, maybe it could be why. Because sometimes you can't be open to everything. You know, it could confuse you. Right. But when he came at me with those scriptures the way he did, it was solid. It was. Lots yeah, of people yeah. think have issues with the yeah. serpent and the whole conversation. But when I was able to break that down, I kid you not, God is my witness. That man was looking at me like I never heard it like that. I'll go reconsider it. Yeah. Now, whether he did or not, right. I don't know. But I'm just saying, right. a lot of us have issues with the Father. We serve a loving God. We serve a yeah. loving God. If he does not look like a loving God, it's probably because of the way we interpret scriptures. It's not the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Don, you've been quiet. Any comments? And, and, and Any quick comments? Uh, my only comment is that you, God is, is what you want him to be to you. And uh, you can interpret it any way you want to, but until you really have a personal experience, some supernatural divine encounter, you will never have real clarity on the God of the universe. 
Right. It always has partial knowledge. And right. that's uh, sustained by the scriptures. We know in part, we preach in part, we prophesy in part. But when yeah. God comes, it's when we get to full knowledge. Well, Juan, listen, uh, just really quick, I'm kind of moving along here. I really appreciate okay. what you just say, said, Don. And uh, Juan, uh, just so you know, brother, you are firing away. This is a very good interview. One of my favorites, I must admit. This is one of my favorites. And our, our cousin, darling, again, family, those of you that tune in kind of late, was not able to make it tonight. Her brother was rushed to the hospital. Well, he went to the hospital. I don't know if he was rushed. And she just said to tell the family to pray. We prayed earlier, but let's continue to agree in prayer that Kirk is going to be strong. God is going to touch his body. Whatever he's going through in his body is no match for the power of God. We just have to believe, family. They're just touch and agree right now and believe. Uh, uh, that 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 is what is going to be the case with Kurt. So that's why Darling's not here tonight. In the meantime, Donald Jr., uh, uh, Azalee's grandson, is on the line, as well as Azalee's son, son, Juan, who's doing did a very good job talking about his wife early, his children, his music, his ministry, his career, uh, his meeting of Jim Jones, a survivor, uh, well, uh, Jim Jones' ex-member that didn't go to Guyana, Guyana and just the books he's read. Just And now we've, we've been hearing a lot about his father. I was able to play three clips from the one and only, the late, the late Caleb Booker. That's why we do these shows, family, because you never know. We have uh, 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 have these shows to play for just that reason. I was able to pull it up, Bud, because I was told that Bud left to, to, to L.A. Mama told me all kind of stuff. Mama lover, she she meant well, but she told me some things that had me look at him cockeyed. You know, as for why he left. You know, like he, I'm not gonna even name it because it was wrong. It don't matter what Mama said. Mama was in error. According to right. Bud, he told us exactly from his mouth why he left. I was following a woman like yeah. we do, us men. And so he wasn't running from, he just was following a woman. And he got up there and got entangled with, not entangled, but he got up there and got into yeah. psychology. And, and uh, so anyway, uh, Juan, you said you hadn't heard that, yeah. that clip before, huh? No, I never heard that before. And uh, that is pretty interesting. I'm going to have to listen to the bit because, uh, it may hold some keys that I've, you know, been looking for because I, uh, uh, once again, even though we did spend some time together, we did go out a few times. Uh, I, you know, I I don't know too much about it. Not, but I, I remember one time he did try to tell me something about how he met my mom, and uh, I said, you know, that she, you know, Dorothy was a good, you know, Dorothy's a good woman. She's a good person, and this and this. So, and and I believe that because I see it every day. But he never really on how he met her or how they uh, what they ways. I do know about the twins, uh, my my twin sisters. Uh, I knew about that, but I didn't know uh, all what had happened uh, during the time when he was in the Vietnam War and he got out and and uh, and uh, and uh, it's through his his uh, his reason for being in the war. Is is one of, one of my reasons why I'm going back to college. I'm going. I'm. I'm uh, I just signed up for uh, going to see the Valley College this 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 fall semester. So, uh, so it's you know it's just uh, it's so much about him that I don't know that uh, even though even in death and he's gone on to be with the Lord uh, that he's still contributing in my life. So I, I really appreciate that. Um, yeah. I'm yeah. Only, uh, and uh, 
have a very good spirit towards the whole situation. I didn't mean to get into it as deep as we did, but this is life, yeah. and it happens all yeah. the time. And uh, right. I, 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 I'm glad I got a chance to uh, meet Bud uh, and and to uh, and to hear what he had to say and and to see what kind of person he is. And and I'm glad that uh, we had the little bumps. It wasn't no big bumps, just some disagreements of scripture. And right. I just thank right. God that I had the little, because I still say what I have. I have a pea brain. I don't know everything. I ain't gonna, I don't care about people not being smarter than I am. I don't know everything. But I tell you one thing, what your daddy brought up with his accusations against the God of the Old Testament, I thank God for all those little Bible studies that I went through that was that was able to help my uncle see a little clearly the love of the Father. And he put some stuff on me. I tell you one thing, he put some stuff on me that was very accurate. And uh, I was just able to be blessed by that and, and put that in my arsenal because we know in part family we don't know everything this this man was right. over uh 70 years old talking to me and i don't I, I, hey i have to respect my other so your father was a smart right. man just like Ian robbie said and uh the big thing is at the end at the end of his life he did give his, his life to christ and uh that according to Renee, which is Azalee's youngest daughter Okay, so that's the good news about the life and legacy of Caleb Jr. And again, we got his son on the line. You hear he's a very intelligent man, and and I can't say enough, uh, Juan, for you to coming on. Coming on, uh, Don. I think Don have a, uh, maybe one or two more questions for you, and then I have the final question, and we're gonna let you go. I'm gonna try to end this show no later than 10:30, cause y'all know I work tonight. Uh, I work at night by choice. I like to get a lot done. And I chose to work at night because you can do that when you got a night job. So I got to get out of here. But listen, uh, Don, you have another question I know. Yeah, I mean, I, I've heard so much good stuff, and uh, I can just feel a lot of uh, great spiritual character in one. I just want to ask you what do you consider your own personal greatest accomplishment? Good question. Well, Oh man, that is a good question. Uh, my own, my 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 greatest accomplishment. Um, this accomplishment is my family. Um, God has God has blessed me. God has blessed me uh, well. Um, I love very much. I love them. They don't want to do anything for my son, my daughter, my wife. They listening right now. And um, that's my greatest accomplishment. All I wanted, all I wanted in life, was to have a good family where I can leave a legacy behind That's a good question, Don, and that's a good answer. And you have a very beautiful family, beautiful wife. May I, I might add. <laughs> so you should be proud of that. I'm not shocked at your answer, actually, because you have a beautiful family, brother, cousin. Just so you know that, um, I do want to ask a question, kind of off the, off the. It's not off the topic, really, but how do people book if they want VIP to come to their churches and minister? Again, that's voices and praise. If they want to wow. book you, book your group. How do they do it? Well, now, like I said earlier in the show, that uh, they, it's been disbanded. They, they all went. They set ways. Um, some of them got married. Some of them went off to different countries. 
or maybe a group yep. that they want to come and hear you. Maybe you have another little group. Sometimes singers like yourself, I mean, musicians like yourself, they have these different groups, you know. Well, um, is that we we do a lot of performances at my church. Uh, so it's the name of my church is Cedar Valley Christian Center. Uh, it's uh, it's in Lancaster, 639 West Winter Green Road in Texas. And you're welcome to come by and uh, watch us perform. We perform. We start exactly at uh, 10 o'clock on the dot, straight up. We don't, we don't deviate and we don't levitate. We just leave it right there, 10 o'clock on the straight up on the dot. And uh, we'll perform uh, three post home. And uh, I'm I'm on the keyboard. My uh, my uh, cousin John Young, which is the pastor's uh, baby uh, baby boy, he plays the drums, and I have my brother-in-law who plays the saxophone. He uh, he be up there with me, and so uh, it's the three of us, and uh, we we like to, we jam for the Lord. That's what we do. That's what we do. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, listen, I got one more question for you and that is if Don don't have anything uh, I have one more question unless Don has something after I ask this but uh, what final words would you say to your family again think of a big tree with seven arms seven branches and uh, I always get in trouble when I name them because I have to but I'm going to try it Uh, again the tree limbs are uh, the ones that have children I'm talking about is Addie. Uh-huh. One branch is Azalee. One branch is Dosha. Okay. And you have the Dugan branch. You have the Sunny Boy branch. You have the Ennis Buddy branch. Okay, I think that should be seven. That was bearing children, and there's uh, other others other children, but I'm talking about the ones that had. So these think of these branches. That's how many people we have out there, and they're in those 13 different states. So what would you say to them? What final words would you say well, to your family? Uh, one thing I can uh, that I would want to say uh, is 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 it would be good to see uh, all of you. Um, Booker's, the Booker's branch uh, is very new to me. Uh, my mom, when I was growing up, uh, she didn't talk much about us. And uh, I knew I was different because everybody's last name was Morris and my last name was Booker. So I knew I was different. I knew I was different from day one. So I want to, you know, I would like to, I would like to uh, meet everyone. I like to, I'm, now I'm at that age now that I'm starting to be more aware of my family roots. Where we all came from, because most of the stuff I learned, I got this from you. I got this, you know, SD and uh, um, the Douglases. I, I didn't, you know, I'm just this is new to me, and so I would like to uh, meet every last one. I would like to see uh, the, the descendants and the the cousins and the and their children and their children's children. I would like to see them. I would like to. I would like to get them on board. I mean, I had opportunities, and I, and it was just. Bad time and everything, but you know I'm at I'm in my I'm in my years of uh, declining as far as my my job situation. But I'm still young I'm still young minded uh, as far as my concern with my music and everything. So uh, 
um, I'm around. And so I, I would like to see everyone. I would like to uh, touch bases with people from from this heritage and then pass it down to my, my son because he has to know. So that's what I would like to tell everybody. That's what I want to do. Well, listen, Juan, I did give you a gift. Actually, I gave the family a gift. Family, I've just posted on the Ed and Isabel page for those of you that wanted to know more about this interview, because I know I know it hit y'all, the interview I'm talking about with Caleb Jr., because uh, Juan's interview is already on the page. But right now, I just posted on the Ed and Isabel page Caleb Booker's full interview. So those of you that found Caleb Booker interesting or you just want to know more about him straight from his mouth, guess what? Go to Ed and Isabel page. He's on there for about... Just fast forward the show to the half, the second half. The second half, I interviewed him for about an hour, and he's a very interesting man. So there you have it. I just like to be fair because he's not here to defend himself and or to, to, to say great things about what he do, the challenging things about him. So there you have him out of his own mouth. So, Juan, listen. Don, Juan, I really appreciate the both of you. I'm going to wrap this show up. Don, any final words? Well, I want to say one that uh, it's just like you're right here sitting at the round table with us, and uh, I can really appreciate all the nice things you said. And I want to say is a question, but I guess I know that you you work in a school system that you are a great encourager to youth. But um, looking forward to coming by and being in worship with you, and I thank you for being so kind to let us all know that we just trust in the Lord more than in man, that he'll direct our paths. Yeah, we'll I appreciate you, you Thank you, man. I appreciate you for that. Thank you so much. Well, folks, I'm going to wrap up the show. Juan, again, thank you, Don. You was you was just I uh, really appreciate your input tonight, Don. You was able to keep things in the middle of the road and and uh, that's one reason I have you on the show. When you're on all cylinders, you're on all cylinders. So I really appreciate that. Okay, John, Don? Great blessing, man. I enjoyed All right. Well, I'll go ahead and meet you online. And, Juan, thanks again. Thanks again, brother. And I hope to be in touch with you more. I think the people listening can hear that there is the, uh, we're not as close as we probably should be. Uh, but that's all changing. That's all changing. That's what this blog is for. And that's the reason right. we invited you on because... Again, Caleb Jr. only had one child, and Caleb spent a lot of time in California. He came towards the end of his life, so that's why the relationship with us is as new as it is. But your cousin is trying to bring it all home. So <laughs> thanks yeah, again. I, uh, I really enjoyed this. This is one of my favorite interviews, to be honest with you. I appreciate you for having me. appreciate you so much. All right. Well, God bless, and I'll go ahead and mute your line. We'll talk later, though. All right, take care now. All right, peace. Well, folks, there you heard it. That was Juan Booker. How about that? Wasn't he a professional, able to just call things out and do his thing? I mean, he did a really good job, really good job. You know, uh, we got a lot of different topics that I thought that was very relevant. Um, he was very honest about his relationship with his father. They weren't as close as they probably should have been, but in the end, they started trying to get, gain. You know, we have to learn to forgive, too. Uh, you can just hear his voice, no bad feelings. 
Uh, we don't know Caleb Booker's side, Caleb Jean's side of what all happened, you know. Sometimes it, there's always, I just appreciate his spirit. I appreciate his spirit. You know, I appreciate his spirit. And, uh, again, I have posted on the Edna's Bell page full-length interview with his father, who I found a very interesting man, a very honest man, I thought, to his knowledge anyway. And uh, in the end, Caleb Booker, Caleb Jr., gave his life to the father, not to mention that he educated a whole lot of people along the way because everything, you know, we didn't agree with. But there were some things that man said that I would I would probably never, ever uh, have learned through anybody else because of his honesty. But anyway, that full interview is on the Ed Nisbet page. I'm going to go ahead and wrap the show up. Folks, I love every single one of y'all. You know I do, and there ain't nothing you can do about it. I always try to play a very powerful song at the beginning of the show and at the end of the show. So I want to get, leave you with this song. And um, um, it's a good show. That was a good show, family. I enjoy doing shows like that. Uh, check out this song. Check out this song and remember the words. It's very important, family. This is our motto. This is our motto, what I would like it to be our family motto. Good night. Bye.